And I'm Rebecca Lair, and this is The Mash of Americans, the show for me, you, and all the people who take their American con hyphen. Or, you know, some people like spaces or maybe commas. There's a lot of ways to punctuate mashiness, and all of them are totally fine by me as long as we're keeping it mashy. You know, some people don't even need punctuation. They just show their mashiness with their name. Oh, you mean like Ruchna Fruckbaum? Exactly like Ruchna Fruckbaum. I know I would not have changed my name except for the fact that I thought it was so crazy. I bet there will not be another one, and certainly there has never been one. I love that. I love that she was like, there's a lot of Patels. How many Ruchna Fruck Bombs are there? It's dope to be different. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and that is just one reason of many that Ruchna Fruck Bomb is this week's mashup to know. Hey fam, ever wonder what's happening in the mashup world? Don't keep yourself guessing. Subscribe to the Mashup newsletter and get the mashiest news curated by Team Mashup straight into your inbox each week. Go to mashupamericans.com newsletter to sign up, read articles, get cortito and kimchi recipes from some of the funniest people we know, and more. Today, we are thrilled to be talking with writer, producer, and all-around badass mama, Rachna Fruckbaum. She is this week's mashup to know. Mm-hmm. Rachna is a writer on Fresh Off the Boat, just about the mashup show on TV, and she wrote for Parks and Rec to This Lady is Going Places. She is, but, you know, none of the amazing work she's here for would have happened without doing something that so many people tell us is going to end our careers. She became a mom. I mean, we did that. Mm-hmm, we did do that. Didn't our show launch the day that you gave birth <laughs> to your second child? It's a true story. I distinctly remember being scolded by a couple of dudes like while eight and a half months pregnant to get closer to the microphone and being like, I can't, guys. And you're like, also, this tiny recording studio is too hot for a pregnant person. (laughs) But we also had tape syncs go both into my house and your house like while we had babies on our boobs. That is the truth. I recall that as well. I think we called it leaning the (laughs) fuck in. Anyway, so (laughs) we want to kick that myth to the curb, right? That you can't be a mom and have these extraordinary careers, although you can do all the things you want however you want to do them. That's what we want to say. And Rachna is there in the writer's room on these amazing comedies with her full self. Indian, Midwestern, mom, married into a Jewish Latin family, all of it. All of it. And we love that Rachna brings her full self everywhere by choice, starting with her name. Yes. Rachna Fruckbaum is such a delightful name, so we just asked her to start by telling us all about it. So my maiden name is Rachna Dinu Patel, and now I'm Rachna Dinu Fruckbaum. I know I would not have changed my name except for the fact that I thought it was so crazy, (laughs) which is a really weird reason. But it's also like it's actually unique. I bet there will not be another one, and certainly there has never been one. Uh, Whereas Rachna Patel is so common. How do you mash up? I'm Indian American, full. Like Patel all the way back. But I was raised in the Midwest, in a small town outside of Cleveland. And then I married a man who is half Ecuadorian, half Caucasian Jewish. And my children are quarter white, quarter Ecuadorian. What's always in your fridge? Milk. So much milk. String cheese. 
I'm going to say I'm like the whitest Indian person. <laughs> it, uh, like salami. <laughs> so one thing is my parents, because we were in Ohio, and they were doctors, and they would go to these conferences. My dad wasn't vegetarian, but my mom would mark vegetarian, and she would get like chicken oh, yeah. or like fish. Uh-huh. Uh, so they like made us eat meat. Yep. Like there was not a world where we didn't eat meat, because they didn't want us to go to our friends' houses and not be able to eat. As another Midwestern Asian, you're so white adjacent all yeah. the time that it just kind of rubs off on it's, you. Yeah. So like there is always like chopped masala. Uh-huh. It stinks, but it's so delicious. I put in like everything. Where do you get it or do you make your own? My mom either makes it or gets it for me. Mm. So I actually don't know where to So my mom moved from Ohio to Calabasas a few years ago when my dad died. Because or, she wanted to hang out with the Kardashians. Because she just wants to know Chris mm-hmm. Jenner. Yeah. 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 That feels aspirational But it's me. it's amazing. So my dad died. She was very young when she was 59. And then my sister moved here and has a kid. And she was just in Ohio. And we were like, what are you doing? Right. Mm. Do you and or your mother have turmeric stained containers of Tupperware Oh my in your gosh. Home? So, many. It, so many. I will say like, so I'm like so anal and my mom <laughs> is so paranoid about staining my stuff that she brings her own Tupperware. She's so, God bless her. She's like my white ass brown daughter. <laughs> she's scared of you. I would like to think she's not, but then sometimes I worry she is because she'll be like, I lit a candle. And then I'm like, Mom, you cooked us an Indian meal at my house. Huh? <laughs> Don't worry about it. But mm-hmm. I under—I mean, as somebody who grew up with kimchi stained everything. Sure. Similar. Except it didn't really matter because we didn't buy Tupperware. It was just yeah. in, like, oh, recycled please. country crock containers. Definitely. Oh, if you don't think, like, most of our things were just in, like, old yogurt containers yeah. that we washed out and then recycled. By like, the way, the best thing that's ever happened to my dad is Talenti ice cream. Oh, your oh, dad can, loves the Talenti t- ice cream container. Even when he would go to, like, the Hollywood Bowl and sit and we do, like, a picnic in their box which sounds very fancy right. it's like talenti ice oh my God, cream, but with salad in it or like different <laughs> that's amazing things. it's a very great container um okay so you have siblings you said you have a sister I have a little sister uh-huh, and she's here she's here and she she's the smart one mm-hmm. she has a phd in statistics mm-hmm. and like works for the broad foundation and it's is a good person funny you say <laughs> that because the next question we had was is any one a doctor or a lawyer Okay, so both my parents, mm-hmm. and then she's technically, and How- then I'm a comedy writer. <laughs> You're a comedy star. Comedy writer star by way rising. of stay-at-home motherhood, <laughs> by way of being an assistant. <laughs> right. Wait, I was tell us about mom. that path to today. I went to college at Wellesley, which I loved, and I spent the majority of my time at Wellesley being like, I'm not going to be a doctor. So that was kind of the just career trajectory of college, and I majored in like international relations or mm-hmm. whatever, and then... You know, when you interview with a bunch of like consulting firms, uh-huh. I did see, that recruiting. Recruiting. I did that. I like, As you can see, Rebecca, no. I would no. like. You did what? Yeah. <laughs> and I went to business school, and I still am. I like, did well, too. You got an MBA. I have a Gilt MBA. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. coming. Okay. Go. So <laughs> I always knew I wanted to move to California. Not a lot of companies from California recruit at Wellesley, but one did because it was 99. That's the year I graduated, so still the tech bubble. And so they're like, we just want smart people. I'd never taken a computer science class. I don't like computers. And I got an IT consulting job in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So I moved there. Really didn't do well there. Uh, I think I had, like, seasonal affective disorder. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I Truly. had that. In, oh, no, I lived in San yeah. Francisco for two years and had that. That was, like, the first moment where I was like... Okay, I know I don't want to be a doctor, but not being a doctor is, like, not enough of a trajectory. Like, you actually have to hone in now. Like, you also don't want to be an IT consultant. So I, that is the first time where I was like, what the fuck do you actually want to do, not just what you don't want to do. And I was like, I love sitcoms, and I grew up 
watching TV and movies, but I didn't know anything about it. Like, at that time, I don't really... If someone had said, like, is comedy writing a job, I might have been like, sure, but I didn't know. But I was like, I just want to be in TV and movies, so I, like, moved, saved up all my money and moved to L.A., and I called, like, the one person I knew from my freshman dorm, and, I, and she happened to be an assistant at CAA. And I got so lucky and got an assistant job at CAA and worked for a lunatic. And then I had, like, tremendous Indian child guilt and went and got my MBA. <laughs> Where'd you go? I went to, like, UC Irvine. Okay, so right here. Yeah. And then I worked for George Clooney and Grant Hesloff. And it was, like, there that I was starting to think about getting pregnant. My dad had terminal cancer. It was like that leap to like, oh, now I'm supposed to be a creative executive in film development. And I was like, if I'm working for George Clooney and I don't want to do this, probably like, I don't want to do this. Right. And I thought about writing, but then I got pregnant and I was like, you know what? The one thing I know I've always wanted to do is be a mom. And then it gave me the freedom to fly across the country where my dad was in Ohio to like visit him because hmm. he was dying. And then I was home and I had a husband who worked really long hours, and I was like, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I, my dad died, and it kind of like, there's something about deep grief that uh, eliminates fear. And I was just like, I'm going to try to be a comedy writer. Hmm. And so like, I was like, um, I was 35 on my first show. Like, I was a staff writer on Parks and Rec at 35, and all the other staff writers were like in their 20s. And I was like, hi, guys, here I am. <laughs> And it was amazing, and now here I am. There's a way in which I would imagine that Amy Poehler was like, I see you. Oh, my Rajna, God. There's a way in which your story and your perspective, not just as Indian-American girl from Ohio, right. but as a 35-year-old mom. Mother, totally. It's a totally different storytelling. Absol- and it's interesting. So I started on season six and seven, and then the show ended, so... I've never talked to Mike, but I am guessing that is something that when Mike Schur, who ran the show, hired me, he was like... That's a perspective we don't have on this show, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that it was those two seasons where we made Leslie Nope a mom. And I wonder if that was in his brain. I've always wanted to ask him. How did you? Let's ask him, Mike. Yeah. Why did you <laughs> hire me? Why did you take a risk on me? Uh-huh. Also, you went from, you know, being an executive to then jumping into a writer's room. Like, how did you know yeah. what to do? And did mean, you know it was something you wanted to do before when you were suddenly like, um, <laughs> like you're at your fa- right. father's deathbed and you're like, yeah. there's right. like the Bellagio fountains. <laughs> I want to be a writer. In my pitch this year, that's what I'm writing because it's a cleaner story for than my pitch. <laughs> the truth is, no, like I wasn't a kid who was always writing. I had friends who I thought were funnier than me. But once I started, I was like, oh, there was some conflict Fluence of events that was leading me here. Mm. It just wasn't that clean because I didn't have access to it. Like, mm. I had access to, like, being a doctor mm-hmm. or going to law school. It couldn't have entered even my thinking until mm. I was here. And then when I moved here, I had all these friends who were comedy writers. They were on the Harvard Lampoon. And I was like, you're so amazing. Like, I couldn't, you know, it would, mm-hmm. it felt so far away from anything I could do. And I wasn't even an executive, by the way. I was only an assistant. When I started in a writer's room, I, didn't, I was scared out of my mind. Like, Mm. the first two weeks, I think I just sat there in silence. Mm. I was like, these people are so incredible and smart. And I was like, I'm stupid. Like, it was all observation. And then I think, like, I've been there four seasons. And there's something about also just comfort, right, that, Mm. like, gives you confidence. Did you have a mentor? I I mean, I think this is something that, that, like, we think about a lot with people who are the first in some way, not necessarily the first ever, sometimes the first ever, but also the first in their family or the first in their community. Sure. You know, like, you don't always know where to start. I didn't. I had one cousin who was in marketing, 
<laughs> creative, I mean, adjacent. I don't... Pretty rich comedy writing. Yeah, <laughs> it was like truly. My mom's like, I don't know. Like, where did you come from? Like, th- no, I didn't. And I, um, you know, I'm like the first person in my family to marry a white guy too. So, uh, is your sister married too? She is married to a super white guy, even whiter than my white guy. Oh, so your mom's like slippery slope. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is no, exactly once I open the floodgates, now like no one's marrying Indians. <laughs> yeah, it's like amazing. Yeah, that's probably both but, you opening the floodgates and I would imagine age. Yeah, I think I hit a slightly more woke point or something in my age compared to my older cousins. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I honestly, my parents, my two parents were relatively speaking, one would say strict, like I think slightly more progressive and open-minded. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was allowed to go to prom. I had cousins who weren't allowed to go to right. prom. So I think mm-hmm. that leap didn't feel quite as crazy. Mm-hmm. To Going me. to prom to marrying a white man. Yeah. <laughs> and as my therapist would say, you have this aliveness and it's just who you are and you couldn't help it. <laughs> oh, she calls it aliveness. I call it black sheep. Uh, but whatever it is it's like just like you know it like it's like sometimes it's just you're like i am sorry yeah who i am (laughs) oh my gosh and then i watch my kid and i'm like so she is too yeah that's how i feel about my daughter (laughs) yeah like my son's much more like wants to follow the rules and i just my daughter is just like i'm alive (laughs) (laughs) good luck are the creator of one of the most beloved single episodes in recent memory, which is Galentine's Day. Uh, well, I'm the second Galentine's Day, so I cannot take credit for the original Galentine's Day. So tell us about that a little. When um, I was on Parks, they asked us to write Galentine's Day 2, basically, which is like Amy's love story to Anne. Mm-hmm. And it was like so stressful because it was like, this is like a beloved, beloved thing from Parks. And it's a weird thing to start on a show when you yourself are a huge ass fan. Because mm-hmm. you have to like step back and be like, okay, now I'm like a professional and I, have, I can't just like, Ooh, Amy. <laughs> but it was so fun. It's like my favorite episode. Are there any other kind of invented traditions in your Frukabam Patel family or in your life? And kind of how do you think about combining traditions? Yes. that's Or maybe it's where and where is your husband from? I mean, if it's Ohio versus uh, California. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, like our wedding was a huge mashup. He was kind of like, Indian weddings are great, so let's just do that. Also, Indian weddings just kind of like eat all other weddings. Yeah. Like somehow it all becomes Indian. It's so fun and, and it's wild. so great. And Hassan Minaj describes it when white people talk about Indian weddings. It's like they're all on Molly. They're like, the colors. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not so amazing. I saw a horse. I saw a white horse. You're like, oh my God. It's so true. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when white people are like, holy shit, I like culture so much. So we did that, but we did, like, in Ecuadorian traditions, the maid of honor was red, so my sister wore red. And then the thing that was interesting about Dave is that he grew up in this mixed family, but uh, and his mom was raised Catholic and his dad was raised Jewish, but they were raised nothing. His dad's, like, actively anti-religion. So, like, in terms of, like, Jewish traditions, his dad was like, no. Dave was like, it would be genuinely weird if I, like, break the glass or whatever, mm. like, did the horror or whatever, which mm. was interesting. We had his dad do just, like, traditional Western vows. But in our life, 
the way in which we most infuse culture is through food. Yeah. I would say it's like the one way in which mm. I feel most Indian is like food, even though I don't like to cook, which Dave is always like, I feel like I married the one Indian. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom loves to cook and my sister loves to cook and I there's a lot of Indian food around. Um so there's a lot of like you know, my... I have a lime pickle permanently in my Oh my god. I could put it on Anything. Everything. My son might have like a meal that is rotli, which is like traditional Gujarati bread and locks. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. From his Jew. You know, Definitely. like it's so funny. And then like, you know, we'll do Diwali. But I always feel like I miss it. And I'm like, oh shit, it's coming. Oh, no. <laughs> like I Eli's like... preschool is like, do you want to come in and talk about Diwali? And I was like, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. 100%. I was like, oh, yesterday was Korean New Year because I saw people posting on fucking yeah. Instagram. And I was like, oh, right. Totally. That well, was the best yesterday. is Amy's kids go to Jewish preschool Hilarious. and she'd be like, it's Sukkot. Yeah. And I'm like, I forgot. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Here we all are just but living I do in love this. Sukkot. It's a really nice holiday. And it's like yeah. when I was in college, my friend Danya, who's Jewish, did a feminist seder and i was like always the hand washer oh yeah i'm willing to infuse anything so whenever somebody comes with something i'm always like let's do it you know i I try so hard not to like project all of myself onto my children and be like right you're like a person right i'm gonna try and not make you like some sort of shadow self of me where i'm like trying to make you me right not me (laughs) just be a better version of me oh my god it's we want them to be so much better than we hold ourselves to oh Such yeah better people oh, yeah. oh my god i'm interested in whether or not you feel invested in like how your kids identify mm. like yes. do you want them to feel indian or like feel and how would you Jewish feel if in or... school if somebody says hey eli eli frukbaum mm-hmm. surprise yeah eli, eli patel, patel frukbaum oh. yeah what's what your family you? what yeah. are you and he's like oh i'm white like what what that does would that make do in... me feel so weird i also have two kids like may when we all have to go to the camps, like I could probably dye May's hair and then she can go with dad and probably they can, but Eli and I are in the camp. Oh, we're, uh, oh, we, they're you're like, on the same page, play out how we get to the camp. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but we were like, it'll be funnier. There'll be better food. And yeah. I know how to cook on canned food. Fine. Yeah. So we'll be okay. It's but okay. I, May is like, whatever. You can tell May is also not just white, but she's much paler, which is funny. It's interesting. Eli just wrote this poem for school, and one of the things he wrote is, I'm from India. Mm. I very much want them to know their identity, but I very much want them to know, like, their mixed identity. Because the one thing is, like, Indian can feel so much stronger as an identity, especially because I relate to it more than Dave relates to any either Mm -hmm. of his. Like, Dave relates as white, basically. I think. (sighs) I don't know. I Yes, I want my kids to know the breadth of who they are. And it's hard because in many ways we live a very upper middle class white life. Mm. Also, my parents grew up in Africa. They didn't grow up uh-huh. in India. They grew up in Uganda. So that's like this whole other piece. Yeah. And I remember my parents taking us to East Africa and it was like, oh, my God. You know, and like their Swahili came back or whatever. Right. And it's like... I struggle with my lack of uh, being proactive about their identity in a way. I mean, I, we talk a lot in general about stuff, especially like this current world situation has forced like conversations about racism and race that I think are really good. And I, the biggest way in which I think I've been proactive or talked about is talk to Dave about their experience your kids will have that you, I don't think, have had. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's interesting in a mixed race couple, and I don't know if you guys ever feel this, um, when you feel on the side, whether because you're a woman or whatever, on the side of the person who's been more marginalized and your kids are in the middle and your Mm. spouse is of a race and or gender and or whatever that is like not as marginalized. Mm -hmm. And that's like an interesting conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I just had that conversation yeah. two days ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with all of the stuff happening in the Supreme Court hearings, yeah. and there's a, you know, and all of us have experienced whatever level of trauma related right. to assault and rape and just as women. Totally. And explaining, even to a very compassionate, engaged partner. Absolutely. Who's a man, like that. It feels like my skin is being ripped off yeah. and I'm reliving the worst nightmares of my life right. every day. And so that's sort of the undercurrent of then on top of that doing my job. Yeah. And being a mother. Mother. And so being the, your partner. So and, that's yeah. like something that and, being and I want to you a daughter. to and I want you to yeah. ask me about it. Yeah. Even though sometimes it feels like I don't. Like yeah. I need an acknowledgement that this places an additional pressure on me. Yeah. We, we had this psychiatrist on, a Mindy Fuller Love, right around the inauguration. Mm-hmm. Of, um, and she talked about the trauma, community trauma, and yeah. actually how it shortened lifespans and all totally. of these things. And there's a way in which, like, this isn't just momentary. This is our communal thing. And That's so it's, it. those communications with your partner. Oh, yeah. You know. It's completely shifted. Mm-hmm. But I do want to ask one thing. It's just this idea of, okay, we talked about telling stories and in the world, and you're like, of course I should have an Indian right. a woman because that's me. Do you feel the pressure to represent? Right. And what's a story of yours that you're dying to write and see out in the world that might surprise people? Okay. I don't feel a pressure because I actually, and this is going to sound fucking so cheesy, but I feel like it's such a privilege to be in a place that I could like write an Indian American character. I don't feel a ton of pressure about it because it feels like it's a voice and a story that we haven't seen a ton of. And the really amazing thing would be if you wrote it and it didn't have to be about her Indianness, which mm. is like yes. my goal actually in what I'm writing this year. Even the degree to which when I was casting the pilot last year, which was like an Indian American superhero lead, just like the impact that that script existing had. Yeah. Just like the things that people said, which like moved me and like mm-hmm. it was so like, oh, I always want to make sure. And by the way, it's not that I don't want to write like a Korean American or Jewish American, or, but, but I also think that we we need to hire more diverse writers so all those different voices can represent themselves. Mm. Like it was like, you know, I a Korean American writer should write a Korean American because that's authentic. And when white people are like, well, then why do you get to write white people? I'm like, because that's all of our experience. Because literally we all grew up in the white experience. Mm -hmm. So we can all write it a little Mm -hmm. bit. That's just true. Another thing I would like to do is be an Indian American woman who isn't just writing fresh off the boat, but an Indian. Mm -hmm. And so like the thing that I really want to do and that I'm dying to do and what I tried to do last year with my sitcom is like write like an action comedy. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing I want to do. Like a female-based superhero comedy where like the female superhero can be as funny as Tony Stark, Iron Man. Like Mm -hmm. that maybe would surprise people, I think. Yeah, I'm having this like vision of you and Taika Waititi like creating. If you don't think I was like, can he direct my pilot? (laughs) I'm obsessed with him. Um, Um, Obsessed. Wait, he's so handsome. Is he he's, the handsome one? Like, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And okay. he looks like a supermodel. I'm very talented, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, God, Be- so co- Best comedy of last year, in my opinion. The yes. Ragnarok. Yes. Speaking of something, if you haven't seen it, watch I, it. I can leave my house, and I watched, like, um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, and that's what oh I Oh, my God, do. I'm watching that this weekend. Well, I'm so I excited. Well, I wait for you to <laughs> yeah. watch it. Um, I'm so also, excited. Also, speaking of, like, the range of women and Asian-ness and teen girlness, you haven't seen it either. I know. You guys beyond. I can't wait. So Ragnarok, I may watch it, probably won't, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, um, but you should watch all the I will. Okay, I will. so, I mean, I think what we're talking here about is how each of these pilots and each of these 
stories makes a difference in the different ways that that you tell them and the breadth of our experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we are beyond excited to have also this parallel alternate reality that we're living in to that's alternate to like what may or may not every day be like the end of America. Right. But the one we are, which is pushing forward the values of like mashiness. Yeah. And, I yeah. appreciate it so much. I love you guys. Like, I, I love, love that you're you. Doing this. And this I love so that our thesis always holds true, which is that we are actually creating the culture. Yeah, that's it. One of the things we think about a lot is who is making culture. And the fact is, mashups make culture. We are the ones making culture, whether it's Instapots or turmeric tonics or MIA or everything that you're seeing on television and in film right now. Mashing up means that there is always something new under the sun and the world will always need us. It's like we always say, our differences are strength in all the ways. Seriously. Like every way that we explore food and culture and language and understand each other, it's what makes us kind of the super people, mashups. We're the supers. We're the supers. We're I'm going to get us capes. It's a, it's a superhero. Yeah. That's as much as I know about superheroes being a mashup. Well, I do appreciate that as an incredible, if you think about like that Pixar movie, is that the mom is stretchy because she's fucking yeah, bending all over totally. the place making it all happen. Uh, she must be a mashup in her soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm calling it right now. The best new show of 2019 is going to be run and written by Rachna Freckbaum. And it's going to be starring an Indian-American woman. Done. And done. Well, we see the future because we are the future. <laughs> That's it for this week. Keep your eye out for Ruchna's work on Fresh Off the Boat. And hey, shout us out. Send us your tips for mashup sheroes and heroes on the rise. Send us next year's household names at yo at mashupamericans.com. This episode has been produced by Lizzie Jacobs and the Mashup Americans Creative Studio with help from Jennifer Lai. Our theme music is by DJ Rob Swift and additional music by Allot Moment. Find us on social at Mashup American. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast com slash mashup. Thank you for listening. Bezos. Bye.